Good morning, New York Mets and Major League Baseball fans. You are tuned into a special Tuesday edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar Jr., and today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. And here on this podcast, we talk about any and everything New York Mets. We've got a loaded program for you guys today. Uh, we're going to recap everything that's happened since uh, the All-Star break, um, the second half of Major League Baseball's 2021 season is now underway so we're going to talk about the recent pittsburgh series uh last night's crazy game in cincinnati uh i'm also going to uh give my opinion on what the mets need to be successful in the second half and we're going to talk injury news so uh yeah let's get started so the first thing um the new york mets they come into play today with a record of 49 and 42 which is good for a win percentage of 53%. They are still in first place in the National League East. They're on a two-game win streak, uh, followed by the Philadelphia Phillies, who are 47 and 45, two and a half games behind. The Atlanta Braves are 45 and 47, four and a half games behind. The Washington Nationals, 44 and 49, six games behind. And as usual, as has been most of the season, in the cellar, the Miami Marlins at 40 and 54. They're 10 and a half games out of first. Uh, so the Mets uh, once again had an eventful uh, all-star break. Uh, we more than covered that in the last edition of the report. Uh, they opened the second half uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates, the same team that they closed the first half against. If you guys remember that last series, four games, the Mets split the four games with the Pirates. Uh, I didn't, I didn't particularly like this series and what I saw out of the Mets. Uh, against Pittsburgh, uh, they lost Friday's game four to one. Uh, Marcus Stroman, who started this season so well, he started the season three and zero with a 0.90 ERA, and since then uh, he's six and eight right now. Uh, ERA uh, still under three, which is good, but uh, Marcus Stroman uh, fading fast. It's clearly evident that Taiwan Walker has surpassed him as the Mets. Uh, second best starting pitcher in the rotation, but uh, I, I didn't I didn't like that game. Did not like that game. Marcus Stroman didn't pitch a good game, and again the the bats were quiet. No run support for Stroman, and Francisco Lindor leaves that game with an oblique injury. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But Marcus Stroman and even so gets into a shouting match with the Pirates John Nagowski, which the bench is cleared and uh, Marcus Stroman. I don't know if his head is, is in the game or, or what's going on, but you got you got to pitch better than that. Uh, let's take a look at Stroman's numbers uh, for that game. Again, he dropped to 6-8 and eight as a result of the loss, 2.79 ERA. Uh, in that game, Marcus Stroman, uh, he gave up two runs on eight hits, five innings, struck out three. So you've given up a lot of hits, only two runs, but still in a game where, where the team didn't, didn't hit, hit particularly well. Uh, just, just unacceptable. Uh, Marcus Stroman on a, on a real losing streak here. And yeah, it's just, just, just not looking good. We got to get him back to, to the early season form that he was in, uh, the very next day against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Again, that was a game that the Mets should have never lost. Uh, the Mets lost that game. Final score nine to seven. Edwin Diaz took the loss. And the Mets 
they were leading that game 6-0 uh, going into the bottom of the eighth. The Pirates scored five. The Mets got one of those runs back in the top of the ninth, and then Edwin Diaz comes in, blows the save. Uh, Diaz pitched two-thirds of an inning, couldn't get out of the inning because, again, it's a walk-off. Uh, gave up four runs on two hits, walked one, and then the walk-off homer to Jacob Stallings. Not No good, no good, no good. Edwin Diaz lately, and, and we'll talk about what happened in, in Cincinnati last night, but Edwin Diaz even dating back to the final game uh, of the first half against the Pirates where he blew the save and took the loss. Uh, just not looking good at all. Three straight appearances. Again, we'll get to what happened in Cincinnati last night. Uh, Tyler McGill, the rookie, pitched six strong innings in that game. Continues to look good. Again, another effort with no decision. He gave up uh, no runs. He didn't walk anybody. Only two strikeouts. He gave up six hits. But Tyler McGill, 2.63 ERA. Uh, he's he's pitching really well. Really well. I've, I've been really impressed with what I've seen out of McGill. McGill was a guy who probably never anticipated playing in the majors this season, or maybe he would have came up in, in September as a as a cup of coffee call-up. But uh, McGill in five starts, I mean, he has no decisions in the five starts, but he's looked good. Uh, Trevor May had a, had a decent outing out of the pen as well. He's struggled lately. Seth Lugo also, this is a real head-scratcher here, because in this game, other than Diaz giving up the four runs, Lugo... Gave up five runs. Uh, Aaron Loop also came in this game. He was tremendous. He only pitched one-third of an inning, faced one batter, got him out. But Seth Lugo in this game gave up five earned runs. And Lugo is a guy, very shocking. Uh, he was a guy two years ago when Edwin Diaz in 2019 was struggling and the Mets were trying to uh, get a wild-card spot uh, in the final stretch of the season. Lugo actually was used in some save situations by then-manager Mickey Calloway. And Seth Lugo, high expectations of him. He's not meeting those expectations. Uh, 18 appearances this season. Uh, he's 2-1 with a 4.74 ERA. Um, not the Seth Lugo numbers that we've come to know. Uh, I don't know if the surgery on his UCL ligament is, is still bothering him or, or if he's not 100% healthy. But uh, Seth Lugo is a guy who's got to improve if we're, if we're going to win games down the stretch. Uh, if this Mets ball club is going to be successful in fending off the rest of the NL East, or NL East, as uh, baseball circles will call it, then uh, Lugo's got to get back to form. Uh, it's pretty much safe to say at this point that if the Mets don't win the division, they're going to miss the playoffs because the National League West has those two wildcard spots all tied up. Uh, of course, the NL West, a.k.a. the NL Best, uh, the San Francisco Giants, best record in all of baseball. And then in the wild card, because again, San Francisco, 58-34. The two wild card spots uh, held by both the Dodgers and the Padres. The next closest team uh, behind that final wild card spot that the Padres hold if the season were to end today would be the Phillies at 47-45. and They're six games behind. Cincinnati, they're 48-46 coming into today. They're also six games behind, so a lot of teams with a lot of, of baseball left to play and plenty to play for, but let's go to uh, Sunday's game. Uh, wild, wild development in Sunday's game. Taiwan Walker, our lone all-star game representative, the replacement for Jacob deGrom. Uh, he goes to Colorado, pitches that one inning, and 
you know, had a decent inning, gave up the home run to Mike Zanino, but first first uh, game started since the All-Star game that he participated in, and he didn't look good at all. He didn't even make it out of the first inning. He only pitched uh, officially a third of an inning, gave up six runs, and there was a, a wild play, and... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the footage. Pretty much, he, he threw a pitch to the Pirates. The ball was uh, rolling down the third base line. It was called a fair ball, and he knocked the ball foul into foul territory out of play. And this is what happened next. That's a very that's common the, that's thing. That's the zone, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's the. They said to go, go, go. It's a fair ball. It's a fair ball. Oh my goodness! It's a fair ball. Do you believe this? It's still in play. Pirates score three. Oh, my gosh. We've seen it all now. We've seen it all. Taiwan Walker. There goes Rojas. He might not be the first. He just bumped the home plate umpire. We have seen it all. Walker shoveled the ball away and it was fair. And the Pirates score three. Rojas incensed. It takes the whole crew of umpires to keep him away. And some Mets coaches. You can't review it. The Pirates lead six to nothing. And as a result of that... Uh, error that Taiwan Walker made, or that mistake, really, because he shouldn't really have done that. Uh, veteran like Taiwan Walker, I'm surprised he did such a thing. Uh, three runs scored. He smacked that ball foul, and the umpire called it fair. And instead of going to get the ball, he argued with the umpire that allowed three runners to score and the man who was at the plate to get to second base. So that put the Mets in a really bad position in the bottom of the first six nothing. Uh, as you heard in that audio clip of uh, that play, Luis Rojas came out, uh, argued with the home plate umpire, bumped the umpire with his chest, and was ejected from the game. That was the third career ejection for Rojas in his managerial career. Uh, as a result of that uh, chest bump to the umpire and the excessive arguing, Luis Rojas was suspended two games by Major League Baseball. They claim that they suspended him due to the excessive arguing and the physical contact he made with the umpire. Uh, it took the third base and first base umpire to, to get in between the home plate umpire and Rojas. Uh, me personally, in all my life of watching Mets baseball, especially in Luis Rojas's uh, tenure as the Mets skipper, I've never seen him as upset. I've never seen him this heated. And Rojas is usually a pretty mild-mannered, uh, some will even say timid uh, manager. But on this occasion, on Sunday, he I guess he was frustrated he just had enough. Uh, that proved to be the spark because the Mets uh, had a come-from-behind win. They ended up winning that game 7-6. to six. Uh, Michael Conforto in the top of the ninth off of the uh, Pirates closer Rich Rodriguez uh, home run. That was a moonshot to deep center field. Uh, Conforto, who has been struggling all year, he's been banged up, not hitting, and um, yeah, he sent one right over the fence to uh, put the Mets up for good in that game. Uh, that was an ugly win, but a win nonetheless, and 
Whether you win by 10 or you win by 1, I'll take a win either way. Uh, some news coming out of the Pittsburgh series. Injury news. Uh, again, like I said, Francisco Lindor left Friday's game, uh, took a swing, tweaked something, and it was later revealed to be an oblique strain. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, so he ends up on the 10-day injured list. Jacob deGrom, for the second time this season, goes on the 10-day injured list as well. Uh, Jacob deGrom, who uh, earlier this season suffered three separate injuries, he had elbow discomfort, right side tightness, and lat inflammation. Now has right forearm tightness. He'll spend 10 days on the injured list. So uh, the Mets banged up. It's, just, it's surprising that Lindor, who whose bat just started to heat up uh, prior to this injury, it, it, it's a shame that he's going on the injured list because when you look at this Mets team from the opening day roster and all the regular guys, um... Lindor was one of the most durable, with the exception of Dom Smith. He was he was the only guy who never ended up on the IL. Now Dominic Smith is is the lone guy who was a starter on opening day of this team, a major piece of this team who has yet to go on the injured list. But uh, Lindor, very surprising here. He was known in the first half for his durability, but I guess the rigors of all these double headers and the rigors of the road and the travel all catch up to you. So. Dom Smith, the lone man who has yet to uh, touch the injured list this season for the Mets. But uh, Lindor, uh, his his presence, not only offensively, because again, he was starting to heat up, but defensively, he was like the captain of the infield uh, with his stellar defensive play. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who, who fills in the majority of the time at shortstop. Uh, of course, the Mets have Luis Guillorme. Jonathan VR and Jose Peraza that they can interchange in that role. Uh, for as far as DeGrom, this is the worst absolute time uh, for him to go on the injured list again. Uh, Taiwan Walker had the bad start Sunday. I think that's an anomaly. I think he'll bounce back. Uh, Marcus Stroman in his recent struggles uh, can't seem to win a start. Uh, Tyler McGill, although good, uh, doesn't pitch well enough to, to earn the decision. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And then, of course, uh, Luis Rojas this season has been known to go to the bullpen to start games from time to time, as we saw last Sunday against the Pirates. And they have these bullpen games, which is not good because that's how you wear out your, your arms in the pen. Uh, the Mets should really consider uh, three positions of need. They need one position player who, who's a great, who's a great hitter. Um, Chris Bryant, Josh Donaldson are names that have floated out there. Uh, they, they, they need to bolster that bullpen because Aaron loop cannot, cannot do it on his own. Uh, if the Mets are going to hold on in the second half, they need another reliable arm. Miguel Castro has been very, very shaky. Uh, Edwin Diaz has struggled in each of his last three appearances and we'll, we'll get to what happened in Cincinnati in just a bit. Um, Trevor May has been shaky all year. Seth Lugo, as we as we documented earlier, he he's been uh, not performing up to expectations. You lost Batances for the season. There's only so much you can ask Drew Smith to do. Uh, so Craig Kimbrell of the Chicago Cubs, who's having a phenomenal year, was an All Star this year. Uh, uh, he's available, as is most of that Cubs team. Uh, again, 
the Cubs have uh, publicly come out and said that uh, they will be sellers at the trade deadline, which is a week from this Friday. I say, hey, the Mets make a push, uh, go for Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell. Again, since we still have a little bit of time before the All-Star break, I won't make uh, predictions and possible scenarios now. I'll save that for Thursday's edition of the Metropolitan Report when we come back in two days. But uh, this Mets team, they got to get it together. Um, that bullpen needs help. The rotation desperately needs help. Uh, while we're on injuries for a second, Carlos Carrasco has started a rehab assignment in high A Brooklyn. Uh, a couple of days ago, he made a rehab start. Looked pretty good. His mechanics were on point. Uh, Carrasco slated to come back within the next week. So, uh, finally we get to see Cookie Carrasco in a Mets uniform in an actual game situation. Of course, this spring training, uh, he had an issue with the, uh, the shoulder and then he tore the hamstring, uh, never pitched a single inning in spring training. So we don't know, uh, what, what he looks like, but he, he pitched very well in the, in the three innings he, he pitched in Brooklyn for the Brooklyn Cyclones. That is the Mets high A affiliate. Uh, he was there on a rehab assignment. Uh, other news uh, as far as the roster. Uh, so with Lindor going down with the injury and with DeGrom going to the IL, Corey Oswalt, who has been a spot starter for the Mets on and off this season and in and out of the bullpen, uh, he is also on the injured list. So in reaction to those moves, the Mets uh, selected the contract of Anthony Banda, who they uh, acquired in a minor league trade with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Steven Nogasek also recalled he is a familiar name in Mets fans. He spent the last couple of seasons uh, back and forth between Flushing and Syracuse. Uh, and the Mets, they uh, have designated Janeshwi Fargus for assignment. That name should be familiar in that game against Miami, which was a wild game, extra inning affair. Uh, it was uh, Jake Hager, uh, Janeshwi Fargus, and Khalil Lee who were the heroes uh, of that game. Fargus was batting 286 in 21 at-bats this season. He got hurt. They started uh, a rehab assignment for him uh, back on the 14th, and then uh, they just let him go over the weekend. Uh, Fargus should get another look in the league again, batted 286 and 21 at bats. He had a heck of a spring training. Uh, if you go back to our spring training editions of the Metropolitan Report, I did sing his praises. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, some team is going to claim him off waivers. And, uh, if he does, uh, clear waivers and ends up in Syracuse, uh, that's not a bad idea either. But, uh, once the Mets came back to full strength, Fargus was the odd man out. Uh, Billy McKinney also designated for assignment over the weekend. Uh, reason being is because J.D. Davis was activated. J.D. Davis, who has been hurt uh, since April. Uh, J.D. Davis uh, coming into today. Batting really well. 52 at-bats, batting 385. So uh, this trade deadline is going to be interesting. Um, I, I believe J.D. Davis could be one of the names that gets traded. Could be him or Dom Smith. We'll see. Again, I'll make those predictions uh, on Thursday, uh, moving on to what happened in Cincinnati last night, wild, wild game, uh, in Cincinnati, uh, the Mets started Jared Eikhoff, uh, of course, Eikhoff has had several starts so far this season and a relief appearance has not pitched particularly well. Jared Eikhoff has spent, uh, a good majority of his career as a fifth starter, notably 
for the Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, Eikhoff didn't pitch well. Uh, the Mets started this game with a 3-0 lead in the top of the first. Pete Alonso with a two-run home run as part of that 3-0 uh, onslaught. Jeff McNeil was the next batter after Alonso, and he went yard two. So back-to-back -back three runs. But then, um, as has been lately, disappointment set in with the way that the Mets played. Uh, again, this was a wild one. Uh, in the bottom of the first, uh, the Reds took the lead. They scored four runs. In the bottom of the second, they scored three runs. So after two innings, it was 7-3. to three. Uh, The Mets scored three runs in the fourth and um, one run in the fifth. So they ended up tying the game 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, the Reds in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, ended up uh, scoring a run to take the lead 8-7. Top of the eighth, James McCann, two-run shot. Uh, that puts them up 9-8. And then in the bottom of the ninth, the Reds trying to stay alive in this game. Uh, the manager for the Mets for these next two games uh, last night and tonight will be Dave Jouse. Uh reason why I bring this up is because, uh, again, Rojas is suspended. Uh, Jouse is familiar to Mets fans as the guy who threw BP to, to Pete Alonso in the home run derby. And Jouse here managed a heck of a game. I got to give him credit, except for what happened in the bottom of the ninth here. He goes to Edwin Diaz. Diaz, again, prior to this, two straight appearances where he has not pitched well, blew the lead, blew the game, uh, and he would blow the lead again, uh, giving up the tying run in the bottom of the ninth. And... Uh, Diaz was on the hook for the loss. Uh, we go to the 10th inning. The Mets score one. The Reds get it back. Uh, it's tied at 10-10. And then in the top of the 11th, back-to-back -back home runs, Kevin Pillar and Michael Conforto. Conforto, who's seemingly come alive in these last couple of days. Uh, again, Sunday, Pittsburgh hits the home run. Go-ahead home run. Hits two home runs in this game. So he's got three home runs in his last two games. Goes back-to-back -back with Pilar. The Mets score five uh, in that 11th inning to go up 15-10. to 10. Uh, The Reds would get one run back. Anthony Banda, who I mentioned earlier, who the Mets acquired in that minor league trade with San Francisco. Uh, he was called in today to come to the major league roster. Called up. Uh, he had previous experience. He's pitched for the Diamondbacks before. And Anthony Banda pitched really well. Uh, only gave up the two runs in the 10th and the 11th. Got the win. Buckled down. And uh, the Mets were very lucky to come out of this game with a win. So the Mets on a two-game winning streak. They are very, very lucky. Uh, two straight games. Both come from behind wins at the last minute. Um, and the resiliency of this team is unmatched. Uh, shout out to Dave Jouse, who again is, is taking over for Rojas. Rojas is going to come back and resume his managerial duties uh, tomorrow. But uh, this team, facing adversity again, was down 7-3 to after two innings. They come back to win 15-11 in extras. Uh, they take the first game in this, uh, in this series against uh, the Cincinnati Reds. So... Uh, my, my thoughts on this past weekend and last night, the Mets should have never lost that series to the Pirates. Uh, that game on Saturday, I could understand the Friday loss. You can't win every game. 
you're not going to go 162 and 0. Um, but you, you, you can't lose a series to a team that has nothing to play for. The Pirates were well out of contention before the first half ended. The fact that they split last weekend and now this weekend that just passed, um, the Pirates win that series in a game that should have been won. Diaz came in and blew that save and blew the game. Should have never been allowed to stay out there after he gave up the lead, but um, again, you can't win every game, but uh, this Mets team, they fought, they fought, 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 and they never gave up. Uh, those are the things you like to see out of a ball club. So, um, again, uh, good job to Dave Jouse, who, you know, was put in a tough spot. Probably didn't expect to manage because who expects a manager to get a suspension? Managers argue all the time and they don't get suspended. So, I mean, but yeah, Rojas put his hands, well, not even his hands, his chest on, on the umpire in the game Sunday. Take his little two games out, but uh, this Mets team worries me. It, they 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 worry me, and um, we're gonna take a break, and then I'm gonna get into why they worry me. We'll be right back. The Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, cause trust me, that's crazy do you have an event that needs a design how about planning you can take care of all your event needs with arj signature design run by alnisa reed jenkins where you can get custom floral designs event designs set designs as well as retail and commercial installs you can get all that done by alnisa reed jenkins of arj signature design with event planning and event designing and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design, and you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Miss Reed Jenkins at arjsignaturedesign.com. They do a great job, and again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's ARJSignatureDesign.com for your free consultation now. Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Alonzo here from the New York Mets, and uh, I'm here with Alfred, and I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the Metropolitan Report. It's a really awesome show. You got some great insight on Mets baseball, and, um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a great place where Mets baseball is talked about, and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year. It's just been absolutely tremendous, so... Thank everybody for listening to the Metropolitan Report. And uh, Alfred, keep doing your thing. And as always, LFGM. And we're back here on the Metropolitan Report. And I said before the break that the Mets worry me. And I know a couple of a couple of shows ago, I said I, it, it may be time to press the panic button. But despite the win on Sunday and despite the win last night, uh, I think it may be time to press that button. And here's why. Um, as I stated at the top of the show, the Mets, uh, even though they are in first, they have seen their their lead in the division dwindle. The biggest lead they had in the division was five games at one point. Uh, it's never been uh, more than five games, but it's never been less than two and a half. But I don't, I don't know. And and you look at the Philadelphia Phillies schedule. Um, they're slated to play a series against the New York Yankees. 
All the Yankees are riding high off of that Sunday night baseball thrashing of the Boston Red Sox. They ended up winning that series. The Yankees trying to get back in the hunt for at least a wild card spot. They have something to play for. Their manager, Aaron Boone, has something to manage for. His job is on the line should the Yankees miss the postseason this season. Uh, I think he's fell out of favor with the front office there in the Bronx. Uh, but uh, the Phillies slated to play the Yankees. That one can go either way. Uh, if you're a Met fan, you're hoping that the Yankees beat the Phillies. Um, again, the Phillies had an off day yesterday. Um, they're two and a half back. Uh, they've caught fire. They're above 500. Uh, they're playing really well. Uh, JT Real Muto, Bryce Harper and the gang, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, Didi Gregorius, uh, they're they're all they're all playing uh, very well right now, and as I've stated before, this Mets team, although they're resilient, uh, to quote my good friend Rohan Wisdom, who is a good friend of this show, uh, they're a very scrappy team. Uh, however, you can have all the resiliency and scrappiness you want, and and yet, and the Mets are still banged up because the three hundred forty-one million dollar man Francisco Lindor now on the IL. Our ace, uh, Jacob DeGrom, who probably will end up winning both the Cy Young and the MVP and probably the Silver Slugger for pitcher in the National League, he's on the IL. And if you look at the upcoming schedule, of course, we play Cincinnati today, 7, 10 p.m. start time, and then Wednesday, uh, and then look at the length of the game last night. Uh, That game was a five-hour game. Uh, You have a night game tonight. And then a 12.30 start time tomorrow before an off day Thursday. And then uh, starting July 23rd, the Mets play a game every day until August 9th. And in that time span, they have a doubleheader. The Mets play the Blue Jays on Friday, uh, three games straight. Then on Monday, they play the Atlanta Braves five times. Yes, you heard me correctly. Five times in four days because Monday is a single admission doubleheader. I will be at every single game from Friday to Monday. Uh, And then after that, the Cincinnati Reds come to Flushing. Three-game set before the Mets go on the road for divisional games against Miami. Four against Miami, three against Philadelphia. Now, here's the thing. The Mets worry me because the pitching is very inconsistent. You can't rely on Marcus Stroman, as has been evident lately. Uh, the bullpen, other than Aaron Loop, and maybe I, I would I would include Jerry's Familia in that category, but other than Loop and Familia, the bullpen has been shaky. Lugo's been uh, performing under expectations. Uh, as I said earlier, Miguel Castro, you can't trust him. Trevor May is inconsistent. Uh, Edwin Diaz, last three appearances have been disastrous. So you, you don't know what you're getting out of this bullpen from game to game. And you can't go to you can't pitch Aaron Loop every game. You you just can't. Um, and then the bats. Why the bats is is the thing that worries me the most because on paper going into spring training, the one strength that everybody said about this Mets team, including myself, was this on paper this team is an offensive juggernaut. That has not been the case this season at all. Um, guys not hitting when they're supposed to. The Mets having the bases loaded in the inning with nobody out, and not scoring uh, in the inning. So things like that concern me, and it's and it's and it's and it's not just one game or here or there. It's a consistent trend. Mets getting shut out, only scoring one run the entire game, and then yes, we're on a two-game winning streak. Great, we got two wins, two wins that we desperately needed. But 
you're struggling to you're struggling to put up offense against a very poor Pittsburgh team who who's clearly in a rebuilding phase. Uh, the only player that might be there past uh, the next two or three seasons is Cabrian Hayes. Um, again, the team has nothing to play for. They'll probably be sellers at the trade deadline with Adam Frazier, Brian Reynolds, uh, John Nagowski, and, and Rich Rodriguez probably all getting shipped out of town. So, you know, like, you, you, you can't struggle to hit against teams like this. Um, and then the marathon... <laughs> of a game last night, I mean, where the Mets finally put up some offense, but they were backed into a corner, and it was either put up some offense and get some hits and some runs, or, you know, just take the L for the night, which they didn't want to do. This Mets team, they, you can't just bat when you're down. You have to, how, how about taking a lead early on and holding on to the lead, and that's another issue. The Mets just can't hold on to a lead. Uh, Within the, la within the last couple of games, 5-0 lead after the first inning, Pirates come back to win. 6-0 lead, Pirates come back to win. Uh, 3-0 lead at the end of the first uh, for the Mets. That should have demoralized the Reds, and and the Reds come back like it's nothing. And now we got a ball game. It looked like the Reds were gonna win most of the game, un un until the, until the Mets just suddenly woke up in the eighth inning. So I mean, the Mets have the Mets have to have their bats consistent if if they're gonna uh, stand a chance in this second half. And like I said, August August the, the schedule is no slouch. Um, in in a week. The Mets see the Dodgers and and the Giants both twice. Teams that we didn't play in the first half, so the schedule is going to get tougher. Um, the the all teams that have something to play for, and it's going to come down to who wants it more and who's the hungriest. And like I said, if the Mets want to touch the postseason, they've got to win the NL East because at this rate, with the way that the Padres and the Dodgers are playing, and even the Giants, the Giants are only one game up on the Dodgers in that West Division. If you're not one of those three teams, uh, you gotta win the division. You gotta win your division to to get in the playoffs because the NL West has the entire playoffs on lock. Um, and these Cincinnati Reds, um, you can't sleep on them even though they lost tonight because they have something to play for as well. The Cincinnati Reds, 48 and 46, coming into today, uh, seven and a half behind the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they still uh, stand a chance because you never know in baseball. The the Brewers could collapse. Uh, remains to be seen. And then even if they're uh, trying to catch that wild card, they're six games behind. So this Reds team not out of the not out of the out of contention just yet. They have something to play for. Uh, before we wrap it up, we're gonna just look ahead to the next two games. Again, our next Metropolitan Report is scheduled for Thursday. Uh, in between then, uh, we've got a game tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, 7 10 p.m. start time it's gonna be robert stock who the mets beat up on when the chicago cubs came to flushing and then he got dfa'd by the cubs the mets picked him up uh he's gonna go up against wade miley now on paper you would think the reds would, would fare better robert stock 0-2 with a 7.88 era on the season wade miley of course threw that no hitter earlier this season he's 7-4 2.80 era and then the day game on Wednesday, Marcus Stroman takes the hill once again. Of course, as we stated earlier, he's 6-8 and eight with a 2.79 uh, ERA. Uh, the Reds are going to trot out Jeff Hoffman. Uh, he's 3-4, and 4.61 ERA in 10 starts. Uh, he's got 39 strikeouts and 41 innings. Uh, my personal opinion, I think the Mets are going to take an L tonight. Uh, it's going to be a revenge game for the Reds. The Reds who had that game in control 
um, and their bullpen just blew it for them. Uh, they probably want to get their revenge on the Mets, but I do think the Mets win the series. They'll probably take the the day game on Wednesday before they come uh, back to Flushing to host uh, the Blue Jays for the start of the next homestand. And of course, uh, the Mets want to at least win a series here, and they want to hope that the Yankees can win their series against the Phillies because the Toronto Blue Jays also a team that has something to play for, and they're a stacked lineup with uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., who's probably going to be in the hunt for that American League MVP. Uh, they got Marcus Simeon, George Springer, Bo Bichette, and, and Kavan Biggio, and, and I can go down the line <laughs> with all those big bats of the Toronto Blue Jays, but we'll preview that series when we come back on Thursday uh, on the report. Uh, once again, I thank everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. This is a special Tuesday edition. Uh, we do apologize. Uh, starting next week, we'll be back Monday, Thursday, as we normally do, but uh, at this point, I've said everything that there is to say, and the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets!